and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with the indicas.com my name is abhishek and this issue's cover story package is a forward looking one that focuses on startup led innovation in india it also uncovers key challenges that need to be surmounted to help us get there joining me on the call is forbes india's harichandan arakali who has anchored and written the cover story hi harik always great to talk to you hi abhishek good to see you one more time thank you so much Thank you. And uh, Hari, my first very cliched question to you would be that we've always had stories of startups that are crazy valuations and venture capitalists, deep pockets. Uh, is this yet another package is what the readers might wonder. What does this package set out to achieve and what is it not? I can't say that uh, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. The, the overall sort of thing was fairly clear in my mind, which is that I wanted to spotlight some entrepreneurs who even though they are fairly early in their stage of their companies on their entrepreneurial journeys are trying to solve some hard problems and are also trying to bring to the market some genuine innovations with the caveat that quite a few of them are so early in their company that they're not even making you know revenues and so on the promise of some of the innovations that they're trying to bring to the market is huge if they succeed at scale it can literally make things different for india at the you know sort of india nation skill so whether it is biotech or agriculture or rockets for you know affordable launches so across multiple segments i've tried to pull together some examples of people who are doing exciting work and basically with the hope that some of them will succeed there are quite a few stories and these are they are snappy one pagers of various startups who have a lot of promise and one of them is eki foods which is a chemical free vegetables at competitive prices uh, they've managed to grow this even in arid areas like rajasthan what's that about yeah yeah eki foods is a, a very good example of the kind of innovations that i wanted to spotlight i mean hydroponics is not a new concept it's fairly well known but what they're doing at eki abhay and amit they've uh, figured out a way to do away with many of the costly things involved in hydroponics that you would find in you know the richer countries the way they do it also they have a fair amount of engineering background and they've researched material sciences and so on they have been in the, in the industry after iit bombay i think over a decade and they've you know so they they also bring solid understanding of how businesses work and so on so they've and they spent uh, quite a bit of time researching what has gone wrong in the past and what they could do about it and so one of the things that's proprietary to their innovation is the polymer material that is used to make the growing chambers and where they've eliminated uh, soil and cocoa peat and it's they figured out a way to keep uh, in hydroponics what you call the the root zone temperature and the humidity involved and all these these kinds of things and they're uh, headed in a direction where this entire process is going to be fairly sustainable and i think it will eventually be also carbon neutral so you think of that that way of uh, farming and if you look at some of the numbers that they are talking about in terms of getting better better yield much better yield more frequently and of course the quality of the produce and if you look at that again at india scale just imagine what that can do for everyone the yeah, eki is a great example there is one article that you've done around which i'd like to pick your brain is that sometimes some of these startups succeed not because of but despite the so called ease of doing business in india or the freedom Uh, for a new uh, comer to just launch something uh, for all the noise uh, that is made around digital india what was your experience of talking with 
entrepreneurs and VCs where I think you quote one of them who talk about devil lies in the details. It might look great as an advertisement in a newspaper that India is going digital, but in reality, things may not be as glossy as they appear to be. Yeah, and 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 we've got the video on and if you're seeing me smiling while you were talking, it's, you know, I was just thinking in my head, Abhishek, that you and I, we've been around long enough as journalists to remember how people used to joke about the IT services industry happening, not because of the government, but despite the government. But the truth is, of course, it was just that, that it was a joke. But everybody knew that it was because the government came up with so many encouraging policies and actually facilitated you know, all that these companies did, whether it is the special zones or the tax breaks and so many other things representing the sector you know, in uh, uh, foreign forums when you have these sort of bilateral discussions about whether a particular sector is anti-competitive in its practices. And the point I'm trying to make is that uh, it kind of catches attention, but without real government support, these things won't happen. So therefore, in the case of the startups, it's it's work in progress. People today, I guess, it's fashionable that people understand the idea of a startup, etc. But it's work in progress in the sense that the government is making genuine effort to tweak rules, bring new rules, to even give money. You, you've seen successive budgets where lots of al allocations have been made. I think what all these experts are talking about is it's now time to look at the nitty-gritties. For example, uh, Alok, I think you mentioned about uh, the things are glossy. But So Alok talks about how there's a lot of money that government is already giving. It's now time to look at very specific things like where is that money going? And then what more can you do with it? A couple of specific examples he gives is it's a lot of it has gone to institutions. Should you not be giving more of it to startups and corporate R&D? If a startup is ready to scale up, should you not step up and give more money to support that scale up as is done in you know, some of the other economies? So it's, so it's about really not that the government is not supportive. I think the government is very supportive, but they're all saying that it's now time to really look at the nitty gritties and make things easier. And the timing couldn't be more right because uh, I think Absolutely. It, it all, all talks about how if the change starts happening at the grassroots, right at the Vadapa Wala and the Nariyal Wala, where who've got those QR codes. So it's not like people are... Yeah, and sound boxes. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Now is the time. And also one thing that you briefly touch upon was the collaboration here. This was about the government and the startups, but also that of academia and industry. That collaboration, how important is it for startups of the kind that you have written about? Could be horticulture, floriculture, farming, or uh, something which has nothing to do with IT as such. So how important is it for academia also to get involved? And uh, how successful have we been when we compare this to, let's say, the West? Yeah, so look at the biggest hubs of innovation in the West, whether it's Silicon Valley and Stanford or MIT, or, you know, Boston and the whole biotech, pharma uh, stuff, or, or in the UK, the ecosystem around Oxford, any place uh, without that kind of collaboration, we will always be uh, laggards. Uh, we have innovation, but I think we also need to move towards our own inventions. Even in the software world, right? Chat GPT is a very simple example, right? I mean, it's, I know it's an international forum, but it's largely US-based or if you want uh, game-changing inventions eventually to come out of India, then, you know, the scale of uh, translational research collaboration between the academic organizations and our industry, it should change a million X, I guess. 
Right. These things that are changing over time or morphing, in fact, even your startup founders are learning as they go along when suddenly they find themselves uh, with uh, cash and then they, they scale up. You've also written something about that change where founders, uh, do you see them stepping away from day-to-day operations? Was it Razor Pay's Sashank Kumar, if I remember correctly from your article where he brought in, brought in an outsider to do exactly that? We were trying to look at as some of these startups became bigger, Razor Pay, for example, the last I saw, they have not they had not yet given out their latest revenue numbers, but I think now upwards of some 1,400 crores or something like that. So at that scale, with thousands of engineers. So in Shashank's case, he was talking about how he wanted to, as an entrepreneur, go back and focus on the product and the overarching long-term strategy. And he wanted a professional who had seen operational scale in global companies to come and run the engineering at razor pay so those kinds of changes are happening so so that means that the entrepreneur is actually taking a conscious decision to go back and focus on the innovation part of you know the company so to say uh, of course it's all very intertwined right they're not in silos but in his case he's taken that decision right and now the last one hurry in the interest of time uh, what what else can the reader expect in this this package the columns are definitely worth reading and they come from Three very eminent people who are very intimately aware of what's happening in India in terms of innovation, both through their own work and what they see and support today. Mm. Uh, Dr. Gopi formerly ran the G. Jackwell Center in India. Uh, he was also, before he started his own startup now, about four years ago, he was also the CTO for Tata Group. Now his current startup, Mylin Foundry, doing mm. some really interesting work in AI software. Sanjay Purahit uh, formerly ran Infosys Edgeworth. Uh, and now as chief, as he calls himself, chief curator at Societal Platform is looking at uh, the whole sort of meeting point of uh, social impact and technology and business and mm. all of these things. It brings a very unique perspective uh, to what innovation we should look at from the India perspective. And Sanjay Jain as well, I think he was the first chief product officer of uh, Aadhaar, even though I think technically it was not called that at that time. But right. yeah, he was he was the first chief product officer at Aadhaar. Each of them, uh, you know, offers some yeah. really interesting insight into what's happening in innovation in India. Lovely. Thank you very much, Hari, for your time on this podcast and urging all listeners to pick this one up so it's not newsy. And all you listeners out there, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and uh, or any other app that you use to download such content. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to 51818.